to scream it out from every mountain top your goodness knows no bounds your goodness never stops your mercy follows me your kindness fills my life your love amazes me and i sing because you are good and i dance because you are good and i shout because you are good you are good to me us tonight father lord we thank you for your power your presence tonight lord we just declare that this is a good night it's a night of breakthrough and power in jesus name amen hallelujah 
Turn it for 
what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Oh, you take. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Yes, you do. What the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Turn it for good. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle. For the battle. declare it one more time you take you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good yes you do Clap of praise tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We'll give your neighbor a high five, and you can be seated for just a second. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's a good God tonight. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to uh, speak to you real quick. And uh, those that are watching, I'll give you a moment to uh, submit your prayer request. If you're watching on Facebook, if we're still online, you can. Uh, comment below or on our website. Um, you can click the button there, and we will receive that request tonight for you. Amen. 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 I want to. Um, I had a thought today that I'd like to share with you. And so, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to John chapter two. If you don't have it, that's fine. But John chapter two now. Um, for those of you that are watching tonight that um, are not a part of our church, we've been talking about uh, the problem with being out of focus. And over the last couple of days, the Lord, the Lord has um, uh, given me some clues, some more clues as it, re as it pertains to that subject. And so really fast, I'd like to review, if I can, um, review... Uh, from Sunday, real fast, and so, um, so Sunday we we talked about being double-minded, and I said the problem of being out of problem with being out of focus is that um, 
is that we become double-minded. And I took that from uh, James. And, and we also saw where John 10, 10 says, a thief only comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And we know that's not God. And so Jesus has come to give us life, has come to give us a vision. And so what does it mean to be out of focus? Uh, when we say we feel unfocused or need to focus, what we're really saying is things are blurred, obscure, unclear, kind of fuzzy. And somewhere along our journey, we, we, we got to a point where something happened and has caused uh, confusion to come in, to creep into our life. So we said to be out of focus simply means to not able to be seen with clear, sharp definition. And so we talked about that and we talked about uh, that when we, when we become, when we, when we, when we um, lose focus, we feel disconnected, we lose hope, we give in to fear, we talked about how we drift aimlessly. We uh, see things from a distorted point of view. And then um, I gave you the definition of double-mindedness, and I said it was wavering in your mind, wavering in your mind. And, and when you're double-minded, you have a divided interest. You have a divided vision. You have a divided interest. And we looked at James chapter 1. So if, let's look at that real quick. James chapter 1, uh, I'm going to look at verse 6, and it says, but well, actually, let's, let's look at verse 2. My brethren, it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Have you been tested in your faith? Uh, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts now i want you to, to zero in on this for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that person that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord for he is double-minded unstable in all of his ways now we see in verse six it says for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7 then says, don't let that man think he's going to receive anything from the Lord. And then in verse 8 it says, for he is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. We said that what produces double-mindedness is doubt. We said that one seed of doubt produces a harvest of double-mindedness. We said a double-minded person has a divided interest. We've talked about we can't have one foot in the church and one foot out of the church. We've talked about when you're not focused on the right thing, the wrong thing will always cause you to be tossed around like the waves of the sea. We said that when you're not focused, doubt creeps in and will take you down the road of double-mindedness. You, you, you uh, say, well, I know God is for me, but I know people love me, but I know I'm blessed, but so we said that doubt will mess with your mind doubt will mess with your mind and will cause you to be double-minded we looked at james chapter 4 verse 8 out of the passion and we said move your heart closer and closer to god and he will come even closer and closer to you but make sure you clean your life cleanse your life and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Jesus had this thing. He kept saying, stop doubting. Now, Monday when we got here, 
that morning, the Lord began to talk to me about the word steadfastness. And Apostle Anita called me and said, I woke up in the middle of the storm that was uh, apparently that came through late or early Monday morning. She said, I just kept hearing the word steadfastness. I said, okay, well, that's cool. And then I hung up the phone with her and the Lord said, that's the word for the day. I said, okay. And so I began to look at it and began to, um, begin to pray over that word and um, the Lord began to speak to me about it. And so I want to share just a few things with you about that that you may have already seen, but it's good for you. It's going to, it's going to, I'm going to uh, share this with you and then bring to you what the Lord gave me for this evening. First Corinthians 15, 58 says, therefore, my uh, beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. NLT says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable and always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Then our trusted passion translation says, so now beloved ones, stand firm and secure, live your lives with an unshakable confidence. And we know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord, because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Now that's a good word. So steadfast, steadfast. It just simply means we saw where double-mindedness meant wavering, steadfastness is the opposite it means unwavering unwavering and so if i'm steadfast i'm devoted i'm dedicated i'm trusty i'm firm i'm determined i'm relentless i'm i'm single-minded i'm unchanging i'm unwavering i'm unhesitating i'm unfaltering i'm unswerving i'm unyielding i'm not flinching i'm inflexible and i'm uncompromising so steadfastness means I'm firmly fixed in place. So when the, when the rough seas come and the storms come, that's not going to move me. It's not going to move me from my focus. I'm going to stay focused. Though the, the water's getting in my boat and I, I may think in my mind I'm sinking. I'm not because I'm steadfast. I'm fixed in place. I'm immovable. No matter how, how, how hard that wind blows, I'm steadfast. I'm firm in my belief and in my determination. Now, today, I shared this a little bit this morning, and then when I got back here from lunch, the Lord just began speaking to me. So I'm going to share this. This is new from everybody that's here, unless you watch this morning. There's a lot of other new stuff toward the end, but just hang on with me, okay? And then we're going to go back into worship because this is where this is this is where... I feel um, a lot of, of, of the body is right now. And I, and I realize, guys, you know, I've been speaking a lot of challenging words here over the last couple of weeks. Um, they're, they're, not, they're really not inspirational. They're, they're challenging. They're in your face, slapping you a little bit. And I hate to do that. But these are the, the messages that God is giving me in this season. And so I've got to be faithful and obedient to share this with everybody. So I'm going to call this message moving from the flesh to the glory, moving from the flesh to the glory. And we, we all say 
We only want, you know, more of God's presence, and that's cool. It's great to say that. But if you're operating from the flesh, you're never going to experience the glory. Now, let's look at John chapter 2. And I'm going to read from the Passion because I like what it says. And after this, Jesus, his mother and his brothers and his disciples went to Capernaum, and they stayed there for a few days. But the time was close for the Jewish Passover to begin, and so Jesus walked to Jerusalem. He walked. And as he went into the temple courtyard, he noticed it was filled with merchants selling oxen and lambs and doves for exorbitant prices. And while others were overcharging as they exchanged currency behind their counters. And so Jesus found some rope and made it into a whip. And he drove out every one of them and their animals from the courtyard of the temple. And he kicked over their tables filled with money, scattering it everywhere. And he shouted at the merchants, get these things out of here. Don't you dare make my father's house into a center for merchandise. Now, on the way to lunch, they asked the Lord. I said, okay, so what is this about? What's this, what's this about? And, 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 um, and, 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 you know, theological, philosophical people may say, well, you know, you're, 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 you don't know, you didn't hear what the Lord said correctly. But this is what the Lord, I really felt the Lord told me this, what this was, this was about I don't believe Jesus was as concerned with the fact they were uh, selling things. I think he was more concerned about the motives of their heart, the intention of their heart. Because it was all about, it was all about, well, how can I get more? How, how can I? It was a selfish motive to get more. And Jesus came in there with his whip and said, I don't think so. So the reformer, the Messiah, got angry, a righteous indignation, and said, how dare you bring this trash to my temple? How dare you bring this impurity to my house? He wasn't really concerned. He knew he, he knows they got to make a living. They got to make a life. He, he, he's more concerned with, the motive, the intention, what you're doing it to, to, to get, just to get and to get and not to give. And here, verse 17, the Bible says, in the same chapter, verse 17, and that's when his disciples remember this scripture, I am consumed with the fiery passion to keep your house pure, to keep your house pure. And verse 18, but the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders challenged Jesus. What authorization do you have to do this sort of thing? If God gave you this kind of authority, with super, what supernatural sign will you show us to prove it? And Jesus said, well, after you've destroyed this temple, I will raise it up again in three days. Then the Jewish leaders, they sneered, this temple took 46 years to build, and you mean to tell us that you're going to raise it up in three days? Now, I want you to notice that, okay? Notice their response. Verse 21. But they didn't understand that Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. But the disciples remembered his prophecy after Jesus rose from the dead and believed both the scripture and what Jesus had said. And while Jesus was at the Passover feast, the number of his followers began to grow. And many gave their allegiance to him because of all the miraculous signs they had seen him do. But listen, verse 24, I want you to zero in on this too. But Jesus did not yet entrust himself to them because he knew how fickle 
human hearts can be. Now, remember what I just say, what I just say a minute ago. He went in there because he, he, he discerned their motive. He discerned the intentionality of their heart. So now we see in verse 24, Jesus did not entrust himself to them because he knows how fickle they are. And he didn't need anyone to tell him about human nature for he fully understand what man was capable of doing. Now, now we're going to deal with the topic tonight. Um, let's go to John 3, okay? Let's look at John 3. Let's go a little further. You guys good? We're going to go a little deep tonight. We're going to look like a lot of scripture. We're going to go a little deeper, okay? John 3, verse 1 through 13. We're going to read the entire thing. It says, now there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus. We're going to call him Brother Nick, who was part of the sect called the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish council. And one night he came to Jesus and said, Master, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience a rebirth. You're going to want to highlight that right there. And Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for a man to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. Jesus said, well, I speak to you an eternal truth. Unless you're born of water and spirit wind, glory, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. Okay. Verse 6, for the natural realm can only give birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. Highlight that. Write it down in your notes, okay? That's a key right there. Verse 7, and you shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You must be born again from above. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses, and you can hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is, here we go again, within the hearts of those who are spirit-born. Back to the heart again, and Nicodemus replied, Dude, I don't understand. What do you mean? How did this happen? Dude wasn't really in there. I said that. And Jesus said, Nick, aren't you the respected teacher in Israel, and yet you don't understand this simple revelation. I could just see Jesus. He probably wasn't that dramatic. Verse 11, I speak eternal truths about things that I know, things that I've seen and experienced. Still you don't ex accept what I reveal. 12, if you're unable to, to understand and believe what I've told you about this natural realm, what will you do when I begin to unveil the heavenly realm? No one has risen into the heavenly realm except the Son of Man who also exists in heaven. All right, I got through it. Now, this is what the Lord began to speak to me. Brother Nick was trying to, to understand this conversation from a, from a natural perspective. He couldn't perceive what Jesus was saying because he needed to be reborn. He needed a rebirth experience. He needed a moment where 
He wasn't worried about his religiosity. He wasn't worried about what man has taught him. He needed a re, he needed an encounter with a, the spirit wind that we just read about. Jesus is saying, hey, Nick, in order to understand what I'm saying, you're going to have to come up here. You're going to have to come up here. And you're going to have to change your position. And as long as you're looking at this from a natural perspective, you're never going to experience all that I have for you. That's what Jesus is simply saying there. If you're going to look at this from a natural birth experience, you're not going to experience all that I have for you. So I'm going to say this. If you're going to look at glory nights as just from a natural perspective, rather than a supernatural moment, you're going to miss it. <laughs> if you're going to look at this church from a natural perspective and not the supernatural realm, you're going to miss it. And that's what's wrong with Christians today because we're looking at everything from the natural realm instead of having a supernatural perspective. What does God, what God, does God's word say about this? What does God's word say about COVID? What does God's word say about the election? What does God's word say about my finances, about my health, about, and we're trying to come up with all this fleshly garbage so we're not, we're not tapping into what God is doing right now because we're, ta- we're, we're tapped in. So we're tapped into this natural realm. That means nothing. It means nothing. We have to change our position from the natural to the supernatural. You've got to experience a, a rebirth. Well, do you mean got to speak in tongues? No, <laughs> no. Okay. It's the, Tongues, you're not going to get to heaven and Jesus say, hey, speak in tongues. That's the password to open the gate. Let's crush that. Okay, we, we yes, tongues is powerful. It's a weapon. Yes, speak in tongues, do it. But let's understand this experience that we're talking about, this rebirth, this is saying, you know what? I have been living in a natural realm. I got to re- I got to get into that supernatural realm. I've got to get there. I got to be rebirthed. I got to get renewed in my thinking. He says, hey, Nick, you're going to have to die to what man and religion has taught you about me. You're going to have to be born again. You're going to want to, you're going to want to experience this fresh supernatural life. Verse six said in John three, for the natural realm can only birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. If you're, if you're depressed and lonely, those watching online, let me tell you something. The natural realm can only birth things that are natural. But the spiritual will give, the supernatural realm will give you supernatural life. Have to renew our mind. We got to adjust how, Nick, you got to adjust how you see me. So in in order to understand this fiery passion that we read about in uh, verse 17 of John 2, Nick, you're going to have to turn away from the natural realm and get rebirthed and get renewed. You don't understand my passion because you're looking at me from a natural perspective. You don't understand the love of God because you're looking at his love from a natural perspective. Well, how can God love me? I've messed up. 
I've done this, I've done that. I can never be loved. I'm unlovable because you're seeing yourself from the natural perspective and God doesn't see you through the natural. He sees you through the supernatural. There's a difference. You get your identity from the supernatural and not the natural. The natural, everybody hates you. But let me tell you something. In the heavenlies, everybody loves you. And that's what matters. That's what matters. Ain't nobody worried about you. Let me tell you something. Let me help you. Let me help you. We'll take up an offering in a minute. Joking, joking. Listen, if you're trying, if you're living your life to make everyone around you happy, you're missing life. Missing life. You're missing life. If you can just tap into this supernatural flow, you're no longer trying to approve get everybody's approval. You have, and if you if you if you live in this supernatural realm, you know my Father approves of me, and that's all that matters. It's living in that realm, living in that realm. And you know what? And I say, you know, and and it is hard to live there twenty four seven. I want to punch people all the time. Amen. Because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go through stuff, right? You're going to go through stuff, huh, Robin? Hell's going to break loose in your life. It's going to happen. There's going to be things that happen that I don't understand. And there's going to be problems that someone's going to take money out of my account and spend it all, and i got to stay on the phone all day with the bank and blah, blah, blah. It's got, things, life happens. When you tap into that supernatural flow, <laughs> and when you when you know that your father is stepping in, you got nothing to be concerned about, nothing to be worried about, because it's that supernatural experience, it's that rebirth, it's that regeneration, it's that it's that moment where you say, "God, revive me, revive me." We've been so carnal-minded in this nation. Carnal-minded. We don't understand the glory because we're living from a natural perspective. You can't respond to glory from a natural perspective. you got to respond from a supernatural perspective. The carnal mind cannot comprehend a supernatural experience. And a lot of people operate from a place of carnality instead of tapping into a supernatural. Write this scripture down, Romans 8. And this, this, is, this, is, this, is, where, this is where a lot of folks are. And again, to my, to my house, I am not punching you, hallelujah. I'm not slapping you, but I want to wake us up. We got to wake up because if, if we're not careful, this revival church, this presence-driven church, this spirit-filled experience that we claim to have, will be useless and uh, to, uh, don't, won't mean a thing because we're operating out of the flesh. And verse 6 out of Romans 8 says, for to be carnally minded is death. Now, we're not talking about a physical death. We're talking about a spiritual death. You say, well, pastor, I don't feel nothing. I don't feel the spirit. It's because you're carnal minded. But to be spiritually minded is life. And peace. 
because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. What does enmity mean? It means hostile against God. Against God. So if you're operating in a carnal mindset, when you come to church, your mind is at war with God. So everything that's being said from the pulpit or sung, it's not even connected. You're totally and completely disconnected because your mind is at war with the supernatural power of God. And then this just becomes just another church. Just another church. Well, I'm at another church. Romans 8 from the Passion. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. And in fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it can't. <laughs> Lord. We don't want to be carnal-minded people, Father. So why is the carnal mind deadly? The scripture states in verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. The Greek word death, there is, I'm going to mess it up, thanotos. Does not refer to physical death, but a spiritual death. Spiritual death is the opposite of life in God. Paul goes on to finish verse 6 by saying, to be spiritually minded is life in peace. Being spiritually minded means the entire focus of your being, spirit, soul, and body is on the things which emanate from the spirit of God. And these things begin with God's word. And the word should always be the primary area of focus for a spiritually minded believer. And one reason why carnal mindedness is considered by God as hostile is stated back in verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. It's a black and white issue. There's no gray area here. It's death. It's spiritual death. And you cannot side with behaviors which lead to death and walk comfortably with the prince of life. And a second reason why carnal mindedness is considered hostile by heaven is found in the rest of verse 7, for it is not subject to the law of God. And the word subject means to be subordinate, to bring under control. The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, meaning it refuses to take orders. And the mindset of the flesh refuses to take orders from the law of love. It refuses to take orders from God's word. The carnal mind aspires to do nothing other than a, uh, uh, to do nothing higher, excuse me, than a hostile, self-centered, and selfish state. It continues, says, and neither indeed can be, finished out his thought. The word neither can be is the Greek word dynamite, meaning to not possess a capability. Carnal mind is not subject to God because it does not have the ability to submit. The benefit of having right understanding must be understood. The carnal mind lacks capacity to yield to God. You cannot make the flesh act right or bring it into subjection to the law of God by any means. Willpower won't work for willpower is simply the flesh trying to deal with the flesh. And by operating out of your inward man, by yielding to the Holy Spirit within you, by walking out your position in Christ, 
by tapping into the love of God again and again, you can train your flesh to respond correctly. That process, ladies and gentlemen, is called spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to read all this too. This is so good. This is so good because this is where a lot of people are. It says this, it says, my brothers and sisters, I'm in verse 1, I'm reading the entire chapter. Verse 1 says, brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God. Now, I want you to look at this from the this perspective, okay? We're operating in the supernatural right now. We're not operating naturally. This is a supernatural thing. So my brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preach it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. Highlight that. However, verse 6, there is a wisdom that we continually uh, speak of when we are among the spiritually mature. It's the wisdom that didn't originate in this present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan destined before the ages to bring us into glory. None of the rulers of this present world order understood it, for if they had, they never would have crucified the Lord of shining glory. This is why the scripture says, things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all of his lovers. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. And yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. And after all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for the person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. Verse 12. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of, it goes back to our point again, right? For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And so we can't experience that looking from a natural perspective. Okay, you got to tap into the supernatural and we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit 
and not with the words taught by human wisdom. And we join together spirit-revealed truths with spirit-revealed words. Verse 14, and someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit, for they make no sense to him. And he can't understand the revelations of the spirit because they're only discovered by the illumination of the spirit. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And those who live in the spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things, and they are subject to the scrutiny of, of no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions. So you want to know why you don't understand? Why Pastor John is having glory nights? You want to know why you're not coming? You want to know why you don't care about, you don't, you want to, you want three points and a 20 minute sermon and, 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 and three songs and out the door you go? It's because you have a mind of carnality. It's because you're living by the flesh, because you're being selfish. That's why. You want to understand why you're not getting this message of refocus and why you keep doing, going through the same cycles over and over and over again? It's because you're living by your flesh. You want to know why your finances are a hot mess? Because you refuse to submit your finances to the Lord. You're not following a budget. You're doing whatever you want to do when you want to do it. But if you're living by the Spirit, the Spirit's going to convict you and going to tell you, you don't need to spend that money on that. I know that's a tough word, and I know it's challenging. I know because I dealt with it. I just dealt with it. I just dealt with it in my office three hours ago. That's why I'm out here dealing with, with the, make, get, sending this word to you. Because we, guys, we, all of us, the body of Christ, we have got to grow up and quit going round and round and around and around this cycle of selfishness. This supernatural experience, this rebirth that I'm talking about, yes, it's for you, but it's also for you to share with others. This is about, about, this is a wake-up call to the, the body of Christ, to the nation to say, you know what? We've been focused on the wrong things. COVID and whatever, we've been focused on the wrong stuff. We've been focused on everything else but the Father, but the Word of God. And we want to say here, and we want to come, And I'm just trying to wake people up and say, you know what? It's not about riots. It's not about Trump and Biden. It's really not. It's about a demonic 
stronghold over this nation and that if the church will wake up and rise up and declare a thing, we can change America. But we're fleshly and we won't die to our flesh. I had to repent because of my thinking. And if I have to do it, you need to do it too. It's time, guys. It's time. The body of Christ, we've played games for so long. For so it's always been about we need another offering, we need this, and we need that. And guys, it's not about that. It's not about the preacher going on another cruise or getting another car. It ain't about that. And you know, those churches need to close down anyway. Because they're they're just as carnal-minded as someone who's unsaved. We need the real church to stand up. We need the real church full of power and full of glory who will submit their mind to the Lord. I struggle with my weight, guys. It's noticeable. It ain't no... Why? Why do I? Why? Because I won't get this submitted to God. I won't get that part submitted. Everything else is fine, but if I would submit this and this to God, things would change. How did I lose 40 pounds before? Because I got my mindset right. You know, and we always say, well, one moment in the presence of God changed everything. Woohoo! Yeah, it absolutely does. But once you're changed, once you leave, what are you going to do with it? Are you just going to fall back in the same trap and cycle? And I'm just talking about things that I deal with. I'm just talking about stuff. I'm just, I'm just a little guy in Port Natchez and trying to stir some people up. Trying to just let you know enough's enough. Trying to say, you know what? Quit arguing about stupid masks. Trying to get you to say, quit arguing about Biden and Trump. Who cares? Yes, we're going to vote. Please. This is greater than that. God's going to put whoever he wants in that chair. And even if it's not your favorite person, what are you going to do? What you going to do? You going to protest like they did? Give me a break. We got to grow up. We got to grow up. We got to grow up. We want to talk about riots to revival. Well, baby, where is it at? Where is it at? Just because you're having worship experiences on the beach, are any lives changing? How are you discipling them, preacher? Huh? Are you just taking up an offering and leaving the city? Huh? What you doing? Give me a break. We got to move from the flesh to the glory for real. For real. For real. For real.
Because you know what? This world doesn't need another fake Jesus. We got plenty of them walking around the streets of America today, claiming they're spirit-filled, born again, but yet cussing somebody on the corner because they want a handout. Jesus was loving and caring and gay all. That's the character of Jesus. That's that's who he is. <laughs> because he loves everybody. And we're supposed to do the same thing. We're fighting with each other. <laughs> I'm just trying to just trying to say we got to be different. We want to change our world. Well, it starts with you. It starts with you, honey. I can't do it without you. I can't be the only one up here praying at 9.30 in the morning. I can't be the only one worshiping my, like an idiot on the planet. You got to help me. You got to do something. You got to do something. You got to do something. We, we, we can't just come to church and just, oh, it's good to see you. Is it? Is it? Is it really good to see me? Do you know what I dealt with last week? Is it really that good to see me? Because if it was really that good to see me, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you would have discerned something that was wrong with me. See, that's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level. <laughs> when someone can walk through that door and fake it, that they're all right. But a praying mama will say, you ain't right. That's what we're getting back to. You know what? Not because, and God doesn't reveal that about somebody to hate on them or to condemn them, but to set them free. That's what's missing with the church today. Authentic prophetic voices. That's what's missing. We want a, we want a prophetic word about how God's going to use us and bless us and, and push us forward. Well, he ain't going to do any of that unless you get off your butt. It's truth. I, I probably lost everybody on Facebook. I'm just saying, and I'm just talking because I love you. And, and, and we've got to change course. The Lord told me the other day it's time to, 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 um, to adjust, to redirect ourselves. It's time to go another direction. Because we're tied up in the world system, doing what the world does, letting the world dictate our sound and our voice. And the devil is a liar. I ain't moved by the culture. I ain't moved by. That tea's good. Hallelujah. And so. I think it's. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. So we can't be double-minded. So Father, let's stand. Those that are watching, stand with me. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Father, we thank you that you're so ever merciful, so full of grace. So full of grace and mercy. Still love us. Still love us, even though we're jacked up. <laughs> At least I am. You know, if you, if you really take the mask off your life and really investigate your heart, inspect your heart, you're probably surprised what you find. few weeks ago I said something like don't let the world or something infect your heart some of us have heart infections that need to be healed because you can't go to that next place in God with that infection on the inside of you because what happens if you don't deal with that infection it's going to go into your blood system and it's going to mess you up but today if you're here and you're watching all you got to say is, Father, forgive. Forgive me. Forgive me for holding on to things that I shouldn't hold on to. Forgive me for holding on to offenses. Forgive me for holding on to old mindsets and, and, and being uh, unteachable. Just forgive me for, for just being just fleshy. And not submitting myself back to your word. Forgive me for being so carnally minded. Everything everything gets on my nerves and I roll my eyes and I'm just so cynical. Forgive me for not being that effective witness that you want me to be. Forgive our mindsets, God. Father, we just repent tonight. We just repent tonight. We don't want to be, we don't want to be those, we, don't, we want to be just, we want to be just so infatuated with you. We just want to love you, God. We don't, we want to, we, we, we want to look, we want to have the, the power to say no. Give us the power to say no when we need to say no. Give us the power to, to focus on you. Give us that, give us that, that grace. We know it's about you and it's not about us, but God, help us. Help us. Father, convict us, God, that when we begin to get our eyes off you and our eyes droop and begin to look at us, Father, forgive us. Forgive us. Give us discernment, Father. Give us discernment. Give us discernment. Give us an understanding. Even an understanding of the times and seasons, God. Give us that. Allow us to walk in that realm of the Spirit, God, where we can just help other people not so that we can gloat and, and, and hold it over but no God that we can help people 
And Father, let your love just Just let the love just ooze out of us. So God, we don't want to be angry all the time and mad and upset. We, we can't live there. We, we don't want to live there. But God, life is so hard sometimes. So hard sometimes. We thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit as a comforter. And not just a comforter, God, you sent your Holy Spirit as power to help us move forward when we feel stuck. We thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it. Come on, just lift your hands for a moment. Oh, we receive your grace tonight. We receive your mercy. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Just love. Just love. So receive his love. Receive his love. Receive his love. Unlike you've ever experienced before. Father, we thank you. 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 We will never be the same again. Never, ever. We receive from you tonight, God. Never, ever. Father, we thank you right now for refreshing her right now in Jesus' name. Let your spirit winds blow upon Robin right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You're not fighting alone. No, the Lord says my angel armies are all around you. He sees it. He sees everything. He knows. And he says, it's not by your mind, not by your power, by my spirit, by my spirit. I'm rejuvenating you, says the Lord. I'm rejuvenating you. I'm rejuvenating you. You've, you've been fighting. It's been, a, it's been a battle. And you've been standing. The last few weeks, days, it's been like, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And to be honest with you, I don't even want to. Just take me, God. Take me. I'm ready. Take me, take me, take me, take me. Because I hate this. Oh, but daughter, you got work to do. <laughs> it may not be what you want to hear, but I got so much for you to do. Ah. I hear the Lord saying, I'm extending, I'm extending your life. The enemy has wanted to come and take your life. But the Lord says, I'm extending your life. The enemy has no power over you. Mm-mm. No, none. And the enemy would like to come and just wave a cookie in your face and just distract you all day long. But the Lord says, I'm giving you an understanding and a knowing down on inside of you that when that begins to happen, you know when to, nope, ain't happened to me today. Nope, mm-mm, no, nope, nope. And the Lord says, I'm even going to touch your legs just because. Just because I can. 
just because I can and because I love you. I see the Lord literally going into your body doing stuff on the inside of like your internal organs he is doing something internally on the inside of you I, I see he has, he's he's busy he's busy yeah like a bee yeah He's healing you. Totally touching you. <laughs> Complete makeover. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Right at the very end, the enemy always wants to come and cause his body to get distracted so that breakthrough don't come. Nope. You're going to see a victory. Heck, you are victory. You are victory. Because he's on the inside of you. That makes you victory. They missed it tonight. Y'all grab each other's hands. Father, we thank you. We just thank you for bringing these two together. And Father, we just thank you and ask you now. It's like, I'm just going to say it because I can. I got a mic. Um, it's like you have whole, uh, pockets with holes in them. And because God's given me the authority, and because I'm your pastor and I can do this, I declare that the, the, the spirit of robbery is broken off of your house. It is broken off this house off off no more you cannot take you cannot rob this family any longer no more no more you have been exposed for the thief that you are devil Take your hands off of God's property. In Jesus' name, you can no longer rob this family of peace, joy, finances. You can no longer. You've been exposed. And we throw you back to hell. Now, Father, fill their bank accounts, I pray right now. Fill their bank accounts feel the bank accounts well, that's not about that oh it is about that because when you, when you don't got money 
Hmm. Feel it. And if you need this word, you need to receive it too. Feel it. Feel it. If you're having financial problems right now, you need to break the spirit of robbery over your house. And all you got to say is, I come, in, I come into agreement with the Father, and I come in, and I, and I take authority over the spirit of robbery. And I apply the blood of Jesus over my home. That's all you got. And over my finances, that's all you got to do. That's it. So, Father, now that may, they, may, they may walk in supernatural financial power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No more robbery. Mm-mm, the devil is a liar. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 We're going to die to ourselves. We're going to die. Die. We die to ourselves. It ain't about us. It's not about us. We die. We're walking dead people. We're spirit beings. We're supernatural. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the shift. Thank you for the change. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. When the Lord says, I've come, the enemy has come to disrupt. Disrupt. There's a great disruption taking place. The Lord says, I'm about to turn that around and there's going to be a spirit interruption. A spirit interruption. From disruption to interruption. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say this, I believe that I receive. Um, hallelujah. 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 Brandon, I just hear, see, Brandon's still here. Yeah, Brandon's still here. Brandon, I just, I just feel like the Lord is doing something very significant for you. And I, I just, I just feel there, there's a, even there's a, there's going to be a dynamic shift and change, even in, even in your internal system where, um, there's just going to be a lot of changes for you, man. <laughs> a lot of changes. And so, and it's good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all wonderful. And, um, so, so just, just, you know, you're going to be surprised. There's going to be some surprises. There's going to be some surprises. There's going to be some surprises. But all it's doing is pushing you towards your destiny. You're, 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 you, you know, you've been in a, in what I like to, it's like a narrow, tight place, but God is going to expand. And in fact, I hear the Lord saying for both you and Alexis, uh, he, there's a house that God is going to direct you to that is just going to be a breeze to get. 
it's going to be a breeze. Like, it's going to be, like, no trouble. You guys are at a funny place in your life right now. And um, it's very important right now that you guys completely stay focused. In fact, right now, I'm going to pray for relationships because I feel like the enemy's trying to um, um, wiggle its way into relationships. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I take authority even over the spirit of robbery in relationships. That's that the, the enemy wants to rob people of people, significant people, voices in their life. So we thank you, Lord, that you're, you, you're, you're stepping in. And where there was friction and division, God, you're bringing peace and unity. Right now, in Jesus' name. Father, we submit our relationships to you. We submit our relationships to you. Married folk, boyfriends and girlfriends and fiancés and whatever. We submit our relationships to you. To you. You're in control. We ain't. And we can't change our mates. Only Holy Spirit can. And so we're going to love and love. So, Father, we give our mates to you. We give our fiancés to you. We give you our boyfriends and our girlfriends and whatever. We give them all to you. And say, Father, you do what only you can do. We take our hands off. Take our hands off. We give them to you. You can have them. (laughs) You can have them because we're. (laughs) And I feel like some of you are at that point where, like, I can't even deal with them anyway. You can have them. So just give it to him. Shoot. You don't have to stress over it. Stress is from the enemy, not God. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, hey. Holy Spirit was telling me. Okay, yeah. It's for everyone. The trouble that you've had, the trouble that you're going through, kick it aside, sweep it out the door, because you, 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 you are the blood-bought church. And you can't, he can't come in and steal from you anymore. He's going to have to repay everything that he's stolen. Everything. Everything, Tana, from way back. From way back. is going to be repaid. You're not going to know where it came from. It's just going to come. We are the blood-bought church, people. We shouldn't be going through all this mess. We should know that we listen to the Holy Spirit and we follow what the Holy Spirit says. We should all be here every day. I need to come in with a smile on my face because I'm going to see the glory of God come in. Pastor spoke his heart today. I'm his mama. I hear his cries. 
And I'm telling you, he loves you all so much. Many nights he's up praying and praying and calling names out to the Lord. Just remember, you are blood-bought. You're purchased with a very heavy price. I've asked the Lord to show me that whenever I get ugly, and I, my poor husband, he's put up with so much. He's such a saint. Whenever I start feeling bad, and I, and I want to be ugly and take it out on people to show me the blood that was shed on the cross. We don't need to be sick. We don't need to be angry. We don't need to be poor. We're all rich in the spirit, and we're going to be rich in the natural. Hey, let me read this to you. Thank you, Mama. Let me read this. It says, uh, Carolyn just sent this to me. I thought it was cool. We'll end on this. Thank y'all for being patient. I know I went 30 minutes over, but oh well. Um, it says, sometimes I just want it to stop talking about COVID. Protests, looting, brutality. I lose my way. And I, be I become convinced that this new reality is real life. Then I met an 87-year-old who talks of living through polio and Vietnam protests and yet still is enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging for him. No, he said, slowly looking me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago to not see the world through printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world with the realization that we love big. Therefore, I just choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. He patted my hand and said, I just made a new headline. Old man makes new friend. <clears throat> so let's, as we leave tonight, let's write our own headlines. This one can be, I got touched. I changed my mind. <laughs> That's a good headline. I changed my mind. Amen. One more time. Yeah. Yep. Come on. <laughs> I just want to say real quickly and then we'll end. It's funny how at the beginning, what God was saying to us was, now listen here. There's a life to be lived and it's time to grow up and live that life. But then right after that, he said, now, let me love on you a little bit. Not that I'm upset with you. Not that I'm mad with you. What I'm trying to tell you is that there is a dying world out there, and I need you. Yeah, but he's God. God can do anything and everything. Why does he need us? You see, he created us from the very beginning because he wanted to show us, and he wanted to see love. But in order for there to be love, there has to be choice. That's why he didn't create us as robots just to say, I'm God's and I worship you, God, and we have no feeling and emotions. So it has to be a choice to say, God, you know what? You're right. I have to start living this life of the spirit. And let me say this last thing, too. If you can look through the, your day and you can say, am I guided more by the flesh or more of the spirit? Am I really living this life that God has lit, called me to live? I would say no. I would say no. And us as a whole, we haven't been. Bottom line. We haven't been as a church, and it's time to start living that life, or you're going to get left behind. You're going to get left behind.
But at the same time, like we said, God came in and he said, but I love you so desperately that no matter where you're at, I'm going to come in and I'm going to change your world because I love you so much. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this evening, Lord. We thank you for what you did, what you said. And, Father, we thank you for special grace to, to discern when and what, how, when to say no. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you all. We will see you online tomorrow at noon and then uh, tomorrow night at 630. God bless you.